Hey everyone, my name is Quentin Carlin and welcome back to Self-Develop Life, the podcast to upgrade your lifestyle on every level and today's level we're talking about sleep, how to optimize your sleep for more REM deep sleep so you wake up feeling more refreshed, how to track your sleep, some tips, some tools with sleep specialist Kelly C. Benson and Kelly, I met her, she was doing a workshop in Bali at the dojo co-working space and it was like packed out so many people are really wanting to hack their sleep and figure out the best way to optimize it and all that good stuff and she just shared so much good information and she was actually on my buddy Kyle's episode or podcast that I interviewed uh, previously on the last episode and uh, I reached out to her and we had a great connection and conversation about everything sleep related as well as her transitioning into her new business with well I'll let you listen to it it's pretty awesome and that's the cool thing about being an entrepreneur you can kind of pivot and kind of test different things uh she's very very health and wellness conscious we talk about uh a lot of things in that realm of basically optimizing your life and without further ado, welcome Kelly C. Benson. You can follow her on Instagram at Kelly C. Benson. I'll have her links below and a new website and track what she's doing. So enjoy the show. As always, subscribe, share, and support this any way you can. And one thing that we do talk about here uh, in the episode is CBD. And if you would like to try out some CBD, hit me up on Facebook or Instagram, and I will get you a sample from my stash that I've been selling here. So enjoy the episode. See you guys at the end. Set. Go. And uh, welcome back, everyone, to an episode that was brought to you, I guess, started the idea in Bali and is continuing here now that I'm back in Busan. And my guest is lucky enough still to be in Bali. I've got Kelly Benson, who is a sleep performance coach and is transitioning to everything health and wellness. Uh, and I heard her talk at a co-working space at the dojo, which is an awesome co-working space in Bali. And we got connected through that. And I was like, you know what? Sleep is so important. It's something that everyone does like a third of their life. And if there's ways to enhance it and to hack it and to optimize it, I want to learn all about it and share those tips and techniques with people, uh, people that are tuning in as well. So thanks for tuning in. And once again, everyone, Kelly, how are you, my friend? Welcome to the show. Thank you, Quentin. Happy to be here. I'm doing great. It is the new year in Bali. I believe this is considered New Year's Day over here. Right, yeah. We had a very interesting, I feel very blessed to have been here yesterday because their New Year's Eve is the absolute opposite to uh, America's New Year's Eve. So we right. had- so maybe, maybe just kind of tell people about what that entails. Like it's a pretty unique uh, situation they go through there. Yep. So I, I may be butchering the pronunciation of this holiday, but it's uh, Niepe or, or Nipe and it's N-Y-E-P-I. Mm -hmm. And it is a day where uh, the whole place shuts down, essentially the whole island. The internet's turned off, electricity is powered down. You're not allowed to leave your house. If you're caught outside of the house, then you could potentially be arrested Wow. There's no noises that can be made. You're supposed to take a, a basically a vow of silence for the day, focus on fasting, just going inward. So it's a day of self-reflection, meditation, 
forgiveness and starting the new year basically with a, a clean slate, which Does is it, a very beautiful practice that I think we should all do. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, doesn't that just seem so much of a, like a better idea than going out and getting wasted drunk and making all kind of bad decisions and unhealthy lifestyle decisions and starting yes. New Year's Day just in bed, hungover, eating like McDonald's. <laughs> yes, exactly, 100%. <laughs> so so I got to, and, and even being a foreigner too and a traveler, you're not exempt. So it was kind of chaos the day before and the grocery stores were all packed with people. It, it felt like 1999, New Year's Eve 1999 of people like stocking up for right. the apocalypse Y2K, essentially. Y2K, right. <laughs> I remember yeah. that. I was in Mexico, actually. I totally remember that. Um, oh, okay. so, so cool. So you're just coming off this basically 24 hours of Zen living, and that might be a good transition into talking about what you do and help people do to kind of create that every night with their sleep and what you're kind of transitioning into. So uh, before we get into that, feel free to kind of share about, a bit about your background. How did you end up in Bali? doing the workshop on sleep optimization, and you can kind of take it from there. Definitely. So I'm, I'm so grateful for the way that we connected because as you know, being in Bali, there's- just, just, just real quick, your audio just, did you just take off your mic? Is that why? It did. Is that sounding a little too weird? Because I was going to go live and have my audience watch as well. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I was just giving you the heads up that something changed there, but yeah, that's fine. Sounds okay on your end? Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah, so it, it's, I'm just really thankful for the way that we connected because being over here in Bali, one of the reasons that I'm even here and have been here for three months is to surround myself with like-minded people who are building internet businesses and really focused on putting their heart, their soul forward in a way that's very well-intentioned and aligned with who they are. And then to also have that collaborative energy and. Um, just, there's just a big support network here. And so when I gave that talk at Dojo Coworking, which is probably the most iconic co-working spot here in Bali. It's maybe maybe in the world, like Tim Ferriss was there. He was like rep representing Dojo. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, attracted a lot of big names for sure. Yeah, yeah, I found it on Nomad List and it just seemed like a really cool spot to, to spend my first month. So I did their co-working, co-living arrangement and then have sort of been on my own, just popping around to different places since then. Um, but when I first got into the country, I was pretty broad with my business. I was generally just health and wellness, which is a, you know, it's a, that's a big bubble right there with a lot of things that fall within it. And mm. I, my background is in holistic health coaching through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Uh -huh. And last summer, I also specialized in sleep because I realized that sleep was a, a kind of an unmet need right. um, for a lot of people. And it's sort of this unknown in the health and wellness space right now where there's not a lot of dialogue happening around it, which is changing. Like it's a very timely subject right now, mm -hmm. but in years past, it's just this thing that we do unconsciously, literally and figuratively, and no one's ever really taught us how to do it well as adults. And I went through my own wicked wild journey of insomnia, um, daytime fatigue, disturbed sleep, teeth grinding, kicking, uh, weird dreams just like most sleep disorders that I think plague the modern person I've had at some time in my life in my adult life and so focusing on that was 
an interest for me to both heal personally, but then also to kind of stand out in a crowded marketplace when it comes to health and wellness and support people in a way that not a lot of other ones, not a lot of other health coaches are. Mm. Um, I'm sure you've come across this, but niching down can be really helpful when building your business, especially in the very beginning. It's becoming known as someone who really just does one thing and does it really well. Yeah. And so I just said, all right, I'm going to go full bore into sleep. And that happened pretty soon after getting to Bali. And then was I just felt this like need of like, you need to come out with one identity and be this one go-to expert. And so I went through this identity shift back in January where I changed my Instagram handle to what it is right now, which is sleep with Kelly. I took out sleepwithkelly.com and, and I started um, booking workshops and meeting with clients virtually to help them heal their sleep. Mm. And, gave that workshop at Dojo, which was really wonderful. Um, and prior to that, I came up with what I call the performance sleep method, because for me, the people who seem to have the, the least healthy relationship with sleep are high performers who have a really hard time turning their minds off and are just really stimulated 24 seven. They seem to be the ones that have the worst bouts of insomnia. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like, uh, I mean, Korea, where I live now, they sleep the least out of every country in the whole world. So they get the least amount of sleep out of any civilization, basically, in, on the planet. And you can just see it. People are just like zombies here. And like the, 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 the health, um, I guess, consequences of that are just like depression. It's got the highest suicide rate in the world behind Japan. And like it basically comes down to like having no energy to actually live. And they're also the number one drinking country in the world. They consume more alcohol than any country in the world. So those two things mixed together is like a, a recipe for disaster, basically. And I found myself getting to this like nocturnal, like out partying all night until basically two years ago, I made a big shift in my lifestyle and said, look, I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm not going to go be partying anymore. And I just stopped. And uh, it's not that I don't go any out anymore. It's just that I'm not getting drunk and I'm not going to bed at 6 a.m. like I used to after like going to these clubs at Rage to like, you know, sunrise. So uh, yeah, I think what you said, it affects a lot of people, you know, in that space of just really focus on work, work, work or party, party, party. Right. So um, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's cool. So that, that talk led you to a catalyst of kind of making some other, it sounds like uh, tweaks and changes to what you wanted to create. Yeah. So, so two things happened around that time. At this point, I had worked with a couple dozen clients when it came to healing their sleep. I started finding themes and consistencies amongst all of them. And mm. one of the consistencies is how they spend the hour before bed and yeah. what they're carrying with them to bed. Uh, not physically carrying with them, but emotionally and mentally carrying the, the baggage of their life and their day and what they're bringing. You know, they're trying to, to leave at the foot of their bed when they're really needs to be left for and it, it dawned on me that we are so hard on ourselves at the end of the day of I didn't accomplish everything I wanted to what am I actually doing with my life you know who am I to be doing xyz like just this never good enough mentality that I think is pretty pervasive through the western world right now and mm -hmm. especially with the high performers that I'm that I'm working with that 
every day can be a battlefield with their own mind and their own self-inflicted obstacles. You know, I think if you start looking at like stoicism and what a lot of writers are coming out with, that just, it's our mind. That's our biggest block in Mm. so many ways. And our most vulnerable hours are the hours that surround our sleep. But then even, you know, the half an hour, hour after waking and that those transitionary times. And so I'll, I'll circle back to that and how that's kind of becoming the foundation to the uh, product-based mindful lifestyle brand that I'm building. Cool. Um, yeah. The prong of that is what I, it was my wake up call um, after that talk of how I wanted to transition my business to those are two things that happened. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, just a point, like the audio really has kind of gone down. Um, I'm not sure if there's a way to, yeah, it just seems like it's, it's constantly getting a little harder to, to pick up what you're saying there. I am going oh, to. That's way better. That's like a thousand percent better. Okay, cool. Okay. Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. That's like a thousand times better. Cool. So yeah. That's, do, we back, do we want to backtrack at all? No, that's cool. I, I, I'm sure people could pick it up, but it, this is definitely a lot clearer and a lot louder. So, uh, so yeah, so you went through this whole realization how important sleep is and the preparation before bedtime for an hour before and then after waking up, like people's morning routines. Uh, I listened to a podcast of yours and you had some, some tips around what people should or shouldn't be doing before bed. And yourself, you had some good like kind of little routines and some I guess, tools and products that you use. I've got one of mine here that I'll share in a moment that's really been a lifesaver for me. But if you just want to kind of, kind of share what you personally use before winding down, as you say, and that might be a, a good, good resource. Yeah. So my biggest journey with sleep at this point has become what can I do from within a little bit more? Less, less so how many products can I purchase and try to mask the underlying problem? Mm. So obviously, I, I try to ex- limit my blue light exposure at night and I get off my cell phone and my laptop at least an hour before bed. That's kind of, people understand now that blue light is yeah. stimulating. And then the material that we're also looking at, yeah, blue, so blue blocking glasses and then using F-Lux or any sort of night mode that you can on your devices. Those are, I think, are becoming pretty mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, but even still, like if you have that overactive, constantly thinking, constantly creating mind, that may not be enough to destimulate yourself by the end, by the time your, your head hits the pillow. So for me, I've actually gone really down a path of meditation before bed and doing various breathwork exercises, as well as also using essential oils too, which I think are, are very, very helpful. Yeah, likewise. I've gotten pretty heavily into oils. I've got about 15 stacked up behind here. And uh, yeah, they're, they're very therapeutic. And I also have a diffuser um, as well that I use. So yeah, all those things are very, very helpful. Like I mentioned, about, I have the blue blocking glass disease. And the heavy-duty ones. Daily, yep. So, yeah, it's just something that is super important. And my main hack is I heard this on one of Tim Ferriss's podcasts, the uh, Sleep Master. So this is like a heavy-duty. It's pretty thick, actually. Mm. And uh, just goes around like that. And this was about 35 bucks from Amazon. And I've I've gone through three of them. I've left two of them in different... Airbnbs like I just 
I, I get so mad when I just leave them behind because they're so awesome. But this is my third one and hopefully I don't lose this one because it just makes a huge difference. And I use it all the time. And one of the main things as well from my research is that just having a totally dark space, like just having no light get through and even light on your, on your skin can make a difference as well. So having like a blackout curtains uh, is something that is really, really important. Just have your room as dark as possible to just cut out all the light, so. Yeah, yeah, you wanna turn your bedroom into what I call a sleep sanctuary. Sleep and your bedroom should work, it should work in favor of you actually going to bed versus, you know, becoming a, a, a closet or a container space for you to put all your random crap. Right. And so the question that I like to pose to people is, is your, is your bedroom the most calm reflection of yourself? And I think if you really look around and you see clutter and you see stimulating bright paintings on the wall and, you know, whatever else that you might realize that it's actually a reflection of the chaos within you. And that even if we're not aware of it, that disorganization is stimulating and aggravating to your mind. So just keeping it clean, keeping it dark, keeping it cool. We need to sleep in a cooler environment as well. Mm. Really making sure that your your mattress is getting switched every five-ish years or so, depending switched okay yeah 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 uh, depending on which mattress you have if you have older mattresses they you don't necessarily want to actually extend it to their quote-unquote 10-year warranty mm. we are sweating on them we are they're accumulating dust mites they they get pretty grimy so from a cleanliness standpoint you you're inhaling that stuff over time wow that's something i never even really thought of i have a uh, a memory foam like about a five inch memory foam um, on top of my mattress that is just awesome. But I, I also nice. realized that that's a little maybe too soft and I've been getting back problems from the softness. Mm -hmm. like, is there a specific, I guess, mattress density that you recommend for like a, a not too hard, not too soft, but just right as like the three little bear? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, um, there's a, a test that you can do where if you, if you lay on the ground, just on a hard surface mm. and you kind of see where your, your spine, how, how far your spine comes off the ground, the, the small of your back, that curvature, oh. that's kind of the natural curvature that you're sort of looking for. So you should be looking for a mattress that allows your body to sink in to that degree so that your spine is supported obviously, but that your pelvis and your shoulders are sinking to the level that they need to, to keep that spine. Oh, that's interesting. I've never heard that before. One thing I just heard uh, this past week researching for this the show is that they say that if you put like a brick or a few books under your mattress to kind of slant it up a little bit, so your head is a little slanted, that actually yeah. helps. Yeah, you've heard of that as well. Yeah, I have heard of that. I think I've 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 read something similar. I didn't hear brick specifically, but it's a it's a hack that I've seen on Bulletproof's blog when it comes yeah. to sleep. And yeah, it's about the way that you're blood drains or the detoxification process of your brain it which happens at night while you're sleeping it's called your glymphatic system mm. and it's the it's the detox system of your brain that really only comes awake and uh, alive while you're sleeping wow there's so there's so many things to uh yeah there's just, there's just so many little uh i guess ticks and tricks but like you said there's not just trying to focus on one thing it's talking about the wholeness of of looking at your patterning and your sleep cycles and sleep times in kind of like a, a holistic way and like a, a whole 
I guess, recipe, not just one ingredient to switch, right? Like you want to try and get, tick as many boxes as possible. That's, that's a good fit for, for your own genetic makeup. So, um, right. Yes. Yeah, just like with any area of our health, you know, sleep does not exist in a silo. It's not its own standalone component. It is completely related to all other activities that we do during the day. And what I like to say is you have two buckets. You have the I'm going to sleep really well tonight bucket and the I'm not going to sleep really well tonight bucket. And everything you do during your day is casting a vote into one of the two buckets. Oh, wow. And so you get to choose, you know, if you're not exercising, you're not getting in the sun, you're not eating correctly. Uh, over time, you start casting votes in the not sleeping well bucket. And then next thing you know, you're not sleeping well, and then you're getting mad and you don't understand why. And so a big component of us improving our sleep or healing our sleep is being very realistic about how it is we're actually spending our waking time and then comparing that with knowledge about how sleep works. And I think if you can do those two things, you can have the awareness of, of your time and, and what you're doing in other realms of your health and then how sleep actually works, then most of the time, you don't, I mean, you don't actually have a real sleep disorder. You don't need to go on medication. You don't need to go talk to your doctor. It's just these little gentle tweaks throughout our day. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that's, that's huge. And especially the the amount of people that are on pills these days for sleep support or or enhancements, it's pretty scary. Um, What's, what would you say is the optimal time a person should be getting per night sleep? Like people say eight hours. Some people say, you know, there's all this noise and data around this but is there anything that you found that's yeah. kind of like the absolute so the, between seven and nine hours is is pretty much the absolute and what you need within that range is going to be determined by it's actually determined by your genetics and how much sleep you need is kind of a non-negotiable topic in your life right. and it's up to you just if you don't know how much sleep you need, try to give yourself a week where you don't need to wake up with an alarm and stick to the same bedtime and then just see when it is you wake up and find the the median and all of that. And that's how much sleep you need between seven and nine. And then if you are, sorry to cut you off, but if you are um, an athlete too, and you're, you have like big athletic goals that you're training for, and you're really pushing it hard with your training schedule, you're going to want to scale up your sleep too. So like NBA, uh, athletes, Michael Jordan has been rumored to sleep, not rumored. He actually does. He sleeps about 11 to 12 hours during his peak wow. training times. And that's because he's training so much. Yeah. And if you are, if you're putting your body through such physical high intensity demands, your rest and recovery needs to, to match that. Well, I'm definitely not Michael Jordan, but I love to get about eight to nine hours of sleep myself. Like I, I, yeah. I love sleep. And if I'm not hitting that eight hours, I, I feel it like, like I, I just, and I'm not a morning person either. So like my, my, I guess routine, I'm, I do all my creative stuff at night. Like I do most of my work and just things that need to be done at night. So I'm usually going to bed at about one and waking up at about nine or two to 10 for my eight hours. And mm. it, it was weird because in Bali, I was meeting all these people that wake or waking up at like five in the morning and, and stuff. And they're going to bed at like, like Kyle, our friend, uh, he goes to bed like really early and he wakes up super early. And I'm just like, I've never really been able to get into that sleep cycle. And is, would you say that there's a pro or con to people that are either night owls or early birds? 
Yeah, a couple things there. So you, your circadian rhythm is most likely just shifted forward. And if that's, you don't get tired until late and you like to sleep in, then that's fine. You're falling into the body chronotype of, um, of the, like the night owl, essentially. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, my understanding is that generally speaking, the hours before midnight are the most beneficial when it comes to getting our deep sleep and that every hour before midnight counts for accounts for about twice as much benefit as any hour afterward. And that's because of the way our sleep cycles work. And we go through about anywhere from four to six sleep cycles a night. And within each of those, the percentage of which we're in deep sleep versus REM varies. And we have more deep sleep that's weighted to the front of the night, to the, to the earlier hours of the night. And my understanding is that the hours before midnight are going to be your best hours to get those, that deep sleep. But if your internal biological clock is shifted forward, then it stands to reason that you're still getting that benefit later. I just can't tell you exactly I can if that's exactly true. I can tell you exactly because I use a sleep app. So I use, uh, I think it's called, I can't remember the name of it. It's, it's, uh, it was the number one sleep app on iTunes anyway. And it shows like your, you wake up and it's got this chart and my, my best quality sleep is always right before I wake up. So I'm like getting my, my REM sleep like right in the early, in, I guess not early morning, because I wake up in the early morning, but before I wake up is like when I'm deepest, the deepest quality of sleep. So it's kind of like swapped with someone that would be going to bed earlier. Mm. So that's just, I don't know if these sleep apps, what your thoughts are on them, if they're actually legit or anything, but, and it, and it gives you your quality sleep score every day. And last time, last night, I actually had my first 100% score. So I thought it was ironic going into this call today that I had my highest quality score going into uh, today's talk about, about all this. So there you go. And you know, it, it's so interesting when I work with, when I work with sleep clients, I have them download the same app and, and I use, I think it's called, I don't know what it's called sleep cycle. It's got a yeah, little orange icon. Yeah, that, that's the one yeah. I use. Yeah. Yeah, that one's great. And I definitely recommend going and purchasing the premium version if you haven't already, because the analytics that it gives you are, are pretty cool. Oh, cool. Uh, the, the next step up, I would say, is actually getting like the Aura Ring or a wearable, and you'll have access to some greater insights, especially being an athlete and someone who likes to train too, because right. it gives you, in addition to your sleep score, it'll give you a readiness score of like how hard you should push it that next day. So if you want to kind of talk for but, like... A second about the aura ring if people don't know what that is like I, I'm very familiar with it a lot of my friends have it but what what is aura ring just like a quick summary about it I see so yep I, sure I don't have one myself yet because they're always on back order and uh, being in Bali I have to wait until the early summer now it looks like to get one but it's a wearable that it's a ring and it's tracking your heart rate heart rate variability your blood oxygen levels your um, blood pressure or yeah, you know, I'm not going to have the best synopsis. It's got on a lot it, of stuff. It's got a lot, it's of, got a lot of stuff. It's got a lot of stuff and it, it connects with its own app and it'll tell you the two things that it really tracks are your physical activity and your sleep mm -hmm. and how the two relate. So if you're over time, it starts to learn about you a little bit more and it'll find the the things that you do during the day that's causing your great 
your greatest periods of sleep and then vice versa. What's, you know, probably leading to you not sleeping very well. And I believe that you add factors like, did you drink caffeine? Did you have a stressful day? Did you, you know, did you work late? That kind of thing. And then, yeah, you find those trends. So for those who like data and those who kind of really want to hack their sleep and have a better understanding of what's going on from a physiological standpoint, doing a wearable is like, is next step from just an app. The reason I don't use it and I don't use anything kind of like a Fitbit or anything like that is I'm, I'm just paranoid about the EMF and like the getting pinged by the, I guess, radiation or like Wi-Fi and all that. So I'm always kind of a little hesitant of, of wearables. And even when I have my cell phone, it's always on airplane mode. Like I don't get phone calls anyway, like I'm just on Wi-Fi, but I try and yeah. all of that because that also affects your sleep, right? If you're just getting blasted by all this EMF electronic radiation everywhere it, it, it definitely plays a part in your fatigue and your uh your overall health condition i'd say it's true and you know when you look at your sleep there's a lot of things that you can do that are that will passively help you where you don't have to really think about them on a day-to-day basis you don't have to change your routine necessarily mm-hmm. and reducing emf exposure i think falls into that category so for instance i've got a an emf blocking case on my phone oh, and wow. then i always sleep with it on airplane as well i like to fall asleep with meditation apps so i make sure that the meditation app that i'm using can be used on airplane and then I'll start the meditation triggered onto airplane and then go to bed. And one of the big concerns is in 2020, the United States is getting 5G. And I I can't speak to the other countries. I don't know who else is going to be adopting 5G or how long it's going to take afterward for for it to move through the world. But that is going to cause some serious problems when it comes to internal inflammation, agitation, anxiety, being stimulated in a way that we don't really have awareness around. I just got back to Korea and the first thing that I saw coming in is smart cities. As of this month, 5G is now rolled out in South Korea. It's the first country in the world to adopt it. So right where wow. I'm now is 5G is basically everywhere. So Korea was the first. And <laughs> so you need to order some EMF devices for your house. I, I don't have a lot of expertise in these, but I know that there's things that you can put in your home. Yeah. That will help to shield you, essentially. Yeah. yeah, no, I've been listening to Luke Story's podcast, The Lifestylist. He's like, yeah, I love him. He's awesome. And his last episode with Jack Cruz was just like, wow. It was called The 5G Apocalypse. And mm. they went really deep on just all the ways to protect yourself, but also the ways that you're going to get just blasted, like nuked, basically, when all this goes really, really mainstream. So it's, it's really yeah. Um, okay. And so kind of going back to what you're going to mention before, um, with your new kind of transition, if you've got anything that you want to kind of promote or kind of give people a glimpse of what you're going to be transitioning into, I'm excited to hear because I know you as sleep with Kelly, the performance enhancing sleep coach and seeing what you're going to be, (laughs) uh, your next Instagram tagline is going to be. So yeah. Yeah. The next Instagram tagline is just going to be my name. So it's going to be transitioning back to Kelly C. Benson. I think it's nice to just kind of stick with your name. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting because when you, I, so I went through a big career transition about two years ago. I went from being in corporate America, worked from a mark, integrated marketing and PR agency mm-hmm. and through one health issue after another, and just feeling really out of touch with 
with my reality, I decided that I wanted to study health and wellness. And then through that process, it's what brought me to this point with sleep. And as a, as a health coach and as a sleep coach, and now working with clients, Uh, can you hear me uh, yeah you're back it just i think your internet just froze there i just heard from now working with clients is where i stopped okay uh yeah working with clients and actually getting experience in this industry um it's really easy to feel like you need to come running out of the gates swinging with a with a beautiful business and become this the next expert who gets interviewed on a bunch of podcasts about health and wellness. And I started experiencing that momentum with me, especially with sleep. But the, the more I tap into my own intuition, the more I have this ability to read when I'm out of alignment with myself. And I had my big aha moment a couple years ago when I was completely out of alignment in the marketing industry. But then I found myself having these little micro moments, even after transitioning into health and wellness. And to me, I think the best service that you can do for the world is to, to be building a business that's truly in alignment with yourself and where your, your strengths and your, where the, the true story of you. Right. And uh, after my talk at Dojo and after I started having this momentum building up in the performance sleep arena, I couldn't help but feel this very tangible um, anxiousness within me. And I, so I took a little bit of time. I took about a, a week or so to really sit with that and really understand, okay, what's going on? Knowing that I was still early enough in my business to where if there was going to be a pivot, it's not going to be something major that requires like yeah. a huge announcement. I'm not going to disappoint a bunch of people. Um, so I wanted to sit with it as it was happening. And it became abundantly clear to me that coaching specifically, um, is not my, my area of expertise. And it's not actually the, the zone, my, it's not my zone of genius, I guess. Yeah. And I wanted to be, get really real with myself about what it was that I wanted to build so that I can put this heart and soul out into the world authentically. Mm. And I have a business coach. And one of the exercises that she and I went through was I, I wrote out my story like my full life story. Wow. And I actually started the story after high school. I didn't go before high school. Mm -hmm. um, and it was already a nine page story. And I sat with it and I realized I just found these themes and these occurrences and where I believe I can really help people. Um, and so what I've, I'm transitioning into two things. One is what I alluded to earlier. I'm building a mindful product-based business um, and that stems from this negative self-talk that I've realized we all have, especially around the hours of sleep. Yeah. So I'm creating a company, a loungewear slash sleepwear company wow. that has positive affirmations and mantras that we can repeat to ourselves during the most vulnerable times of the day, which are when we are at home, when we are alone, and when we are around the hours of sleep, both morning and night. And what I have found is that in those times when we are beating ourselves up for not being good enough, mm. we oftentimes don't know what to say to ourselves in those moments. Huh. And so my company will have 
on the loungewear, it's going to have reinforcing positive messages that are flipped upside down so you can read them. It's huh. not about people on the outside. It's not about anyone else. It's about you. Because wow. so often we're trying to please everybody else. And yeah. by doing so, we disappoint ourselves. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's, that's so cool. And like just my first, um, my first inkling was just like, do you know who, James Swanwick? Have you heard of I don't that? Know. No. So he makes these. He's got a huge brand with, they're called Swannies. And this brand is just blown up. Like it's, it's like probably the number one best-selling blue blocking glasses out there. It's in a couple million dollars um, in sales. And uh, he's heavily into personal development. So there might be synchronicity there to kind of mm. see what he's doing and how he structured his business. And it's basically just exactly the same. Swanwick Sleep is his whole brand. And he's got a number of different wearables and things that he's introduced to help people sleep better. So that just might be a good resource to kind of look at what he did. And um, yeah, that's, that's uh, my first thought. And my second thought is that's really good for you to have the awareness, first of all, to say, hey, this is what I'm doing, but this is what I might be more in line and more uh, offer more value and more service to do. That's not really a, I've, I've never heard of that. Like that's a pretty new um, niche, you know, like I, I don't think that there's, you've probably done research around it, but I haven't heard of a clothing brand and loungewear before with like affirmations that really soothe you into sleep. That's, that's pretty unique. So very cool. Thanks Thank for sharing that and all the best with that. That's, that's a very cool new initiative. And um, so are you going to start doing, I guess, production in Asia for that or in Bali or like how, how, what's, what does that look like? And just thinking from a, a startup perspective, what's your process looking like? Yeah, so a few things. The, the other side of that, in addition to the product line, is doing workshops and giving talks on uh, the art of personal and professional reinvention. Mm. And I've reinvented myself now a couple of times, and this is kind of my big one that's a little bit, it's more on the public sphere. You know, I'm changing my URL. I'm changing my, my Instagram handle. I've already have podcasts recorded where I'm Kelly, the performance sleep coach, and now I'm going to be coming out as something a little bit different. And I think the world needs a little bit, a little bit more dialogue that supports people. I don't want to say changing their mind, but allowing the the pivots to happen in a way that's um, accepted, that's exciting, and that really taps into the fact that we are all very multi passionate, multifaceted yeah. entrepreneurs who have a lot that we can give. And it can be really scary to go through a transformation like that. So I feel like some people hold themselves back and they don't do it. Mm. And then in that process, they end up building themselves an entrepreneurial cage that they don't want to be in. Whereas if they could reinvent themselves in a way that is, it's ripe with mindfulness and it comes from a place of, you know, well-intentioned, then uh, I think more businesses will probably be developed from a very heart-centered spot. Well I also just think that the reality, like in our parents' generation, they would have the same job at the same company for like 30, 40 years. But these yeah. days, it's like every three or four years, people are changing jobs, changing careers, businesses are evolving because of the marketplace. So I, I don't think that, that there's really this negative stigma around, as you say, pivoting. And I think that it's just something that people have to do to stay relevant and stay, stay in business in, in a lot of industries. Like, 
trends change, um, industries change, and brands change. You know, like I, I can't yeah. think of too many brands that have had like the same logo. Like there's a few of the iconic ones, but people are always kind of adding new product lines and it's just evolve or die basically. So I wouldn't, yeah, and I think, yeah. Yeah. I think it's easier for larger companies or for, for companies that have multiple employees to, to kind of sit down together and really think about what's best for them and what that evolution is. But when you're looking at the solo entrepreneur mm-hmm. who's doing a lot of, of their building alone, Right. It can seem really scary to come out swinging with a totally oh, yeah. different tone, totally different message. Right. And then you have their, you know, you think, well, what are my followers going to think? And, yeah. you know, do I seem flaky? Do I seem like I'm, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so it's how do you take that change and then wrap it up into a really beautiful message so that your followers know, your followers, your audience, your customers, they all know that this is a better version of you to support them in the ways that they need. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. Um, I'm just thinking of my, my own situation, like changing a few things from here and there. And and yeah, there is fear and unknown around that. And uh, and yeah, it's good to have a, I guess, a uh, support system or a workshop or information to help people transition. Like it's, it's, it's a big part of life moving into either a new job or a new business or a new endeavor. It's, uh, yeah, it's a big deal changing, especially yeah. like how, like you said, everything is like under a microscope nowadays. Like people know where you are all the time with your check-ins and if you're changing a business, that's a whole different thing, right? So, um, right. Well, that's very cool. That's very cool. Um, one thing I wanted but, to touch on, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, so just to answer your first question. Yeah. So the, for the actual production of the company, it's something that I'm going to do more so back in the States. And the goal is to make everything eco-friendly. And so I actually used to do freelance marketing for a totally American-made eco-friendly brand called Native to This Place. They're awesome. If you're outdoorsy, then definitely check them out. They they have designs that embody uh, really cool outdoor, iconic outdoor locations around the country. And even though they don't know this yet, I'm going to be collaborating with them and kind of going through some local uh, apparel manufacturers to to make it happen that way it can i'm a, one of my core life values is sustainability both mm. social and environmental so the oh lost you oh, yep. yeah you're back cool um cool no that's that's awesome and it's great to kind of go full circle and and be able to rework with people that you've uh, connected and collaborated with in the past in uh, now a different regard for starting your own business. Um, just to, to wrap up with two last questions I have around sleep, um, listening to your, your uh, podcast with Kyle, people that are in relationships sleeping together, that is a challenge uh, to say the least, at least for myself, like I can't sleep with anybody. It's a disaster. Um, <laughs> so what do you suggest or subscribe for people that are maybe newly married or in a new relationship and they are trying to, I guess, get some sleep together. Yeah. The, the really interesting. Um, sleeping with a partner is it's, you know, in the very beginning, you might have that honeymoon phase and you don't even really, really realize that your sleeping styles are different. And then I think that there's a cadence that's set 
from that honeymoon phase and, and long-term couples don't really break themselves out of it. And then next thing you know, one of them sleep deprived or they're both sleep deprived and they're moody and they're grumpy and they don't really understand why. And to me, the step one is having awareness of yourself and what kind of sleeping style you need. How much time do you need to sleep? What time do you need to go to bed? What environment is most conducive to your sleep? Figure out the answers to that. Both partners need to look inward first, find the answers to that, and then come together and communicate them. And then I'd say to, to really drive the whole thing home is then from a place of love and place of compassion, talk to the other person about what it is they do that's getting in the way of you sleeping. And, and like do this from a place that's no judgment, try not to take it personally, just like matter of fact. Yeah. And from there, create a game plan of how both people can, can support one another with sleep, understanding that it's gonna improve their relationship too. My game plan would be, there's another bedroom over there. <laughs> and you know, it's so, I don't know if you know who Rich Roll is, but he's got yeah, the Rich oh, Roll podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's amazing. And I remember listening to an episode with him. Uh, I forget if it was on another podcast, if he was the guest, but he and his wife sleep in, in separate rooms. And actually he, during at least the summer months in Los Angeles, he sleeps on the roof. He wow. likes to sleep with fresh air and he likes, it's like the perfect temperature for him outside. I think he's in like Venice or Malibu. Right. And he mentioned a stat and I, and I don't exactly remember the numbers, but it's something like 40 to 50% of couples, married couples don't sleep in the same room. Wow. That's well, my parents never did. My mom slept upstairs. My dad slept downstairs. Yeah. And I think it's definitely an older generation thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember my grandparents but didn't either. Yeah. We're all, we all need sleep differently. It's, it, you don't eat the same food every single day as your spouse. And much like food, sleep is also bio-individual. So what one person needs is different than what another person needs. And if, if you do sleep just so differently from one another, I think it's worth considering sleeping in other beds after the honeymoon phase is done because ultimately you're gonna be able to show up better yeah. in that relationship during the hours where it matters way, way more. Right. No, absolutely. And like, it's just the craziest thing because I could never imagine sharing a bedroom with somebody. Like I, I'm basically like a perpetual bachelor. Like I just love that. <laughs> faith. Like I just, I've never really been sold on the whole concept of marriage. And uh, the fact that I have like a bed where you share with somebody, the same person every night, I'm like, that's my definition of prison almost. So I don't think I could, uh, I don't think I could be, be uh, very productive or get any sleep. And that's, situation at all so just wanted to hear you my, my recommendation for that is you know when you when you have a lady who gets upset that you don't want her yeah. in the bed instead of saying it's like a prison when you're here say something along the lines of listen I want to show up as my best self for you during the day and this is what it's going to take to get there and this is actually an act of love yeah, <laughs> it's all about that reframing it's all about that reframing exactly <laughs> awesome and your last your last thoughts on the big revolution of cbd oil is that a beneficial um product for sleeping would you say or is there some concerns around that just curious of your thoughts or use with that so i actually have zero experience personal experience using it for for anything um, I know that there are a lot of folks who do use it to calm down at the end of the night and or at the end of the day to help with anxiety, to, mm. to help ease them into sleep. I believe that there is research coming out that's saying that it can help um, transition you from wake to sleep a little bit faster. 
because it is affecting the endocannabinoid system. Yeah. But I cannot personally attest to whether or not, I, I've never personally recommended it to a client. It's something that I think people should look into themselves. Sure. And for me, when it comes to sleep, I, I think the first step is trying to see what you can do without layering on a bunch of other products. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even sleepy teas and, and various herbs, they help, but are you just masking something that you could address, you know, through a mindset shift about sleep? Because the, the problem with all of these products is over time, does their efficacy wear off? Do they become, you know, do you become numb to them? Right. Do you have a dependency on them? And so all of a sudden your CBD runs out and now you don't have it. And now you're going to be plagued with insomnia because sure. of the, you know, you've associated it so, so much so with, with sleeping. Yeah. So for me, I just say to caution people before stepping into anything. I'll, I'll show you something. It just, it just kind of uh, triggered a idea of my routine. And no, this is not, this is not a big bag of weed. <laughs> this is. <laughs> oh, dandelion tea. Nice. Uh, it's actually called skull cap. So it's a huge bag of skull cap. That's actually a, uh, so it says guiding the body, body to a natural state of harmony. So this is my mom's a nurse and she says that this is one of the best. Um, oh yeah. So I have dandelion. The, the, the first little bag is, but all this under here is, is skull cap. So I mix them together, but this is apparently one of the best herbal teas to induce a good sleep. And honestly, I have uh, a couple of this before bed and I'm like knocked out in like seconds. It's just like my routine that I use to, really just have a really um yeah deep deep sleep since that since i've started taking that but as you can say as you said i can definitely see how things like this could become kind of crutches for people and if i run out then what so um yeah just that's a good food for thought so um i want to be super respectful of your time we're coming up to five o'clock here and we've been going on for about an hour um really really insightful super interesting. Like I've been wanting to kind of dive into sleep for a while on this podcast and crossing paths with yourself in Bali. I'm like, this would be the perfect opportunity to, um, where can people connect and learn more about you and what you do and offer? Yeah. So, uh, at the time of this recording, people can connect with me on Instagram at sleep with Kelly, but here in the next couple of days, I'm going through a public reinvention exercise and it'll be back to Kelly C Benson uh, same thing with the website right now at sleepwithkelly.com. And if, depending on when this podcast gets up, uploaded and, and whatnot, that URL will just automatically transition you to the right place. So either way, people can just go to sleepwithkelly.com. When, when you do change Instagram accounts, will that affect, like, if people put in your new one, your old account will still link to that, correct? Like, it's just basically changing the name or do you have to do everything from scratch? Oh, no. Yeah, you can change your name. But at that point, if you type in Sleep with Kelly, it will just say, you know, no user found. Okay, I wasn't sure if it so was... So anyone who hears this and then just types in Sleep with Kelly, if they're not already following me, then they may have a hard time finding me. Yeah. Um, that's one of the, the struggles of changing kind of branding on, on Instagram. And so I, my suggestion for, for solo business owners is just stick with your name unless yeah. it's, you have a very compelling reason to not have it be your name. Well, there you go. Kelly Benson. You guys can Google her, search her. We'll have her links for her older accounts and her new ones coming out below here. So you can make sure that you're able to connect and 
follow along with all the fabulous information and offerings and products and new uh, new markets you're kind of opening here with your endeavor. So I wish you all the best with that. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time. It was really, really interesting. And I hope that this helps everyone out there get a good sleep tonight or wherever you are in the morning. Um, oh, I wanted to ask, what's your thoughts on naps? I totally forgot about this, this little segment. <laughs> Yeah, I think naps are great. I think when done strategically, uh, they can actually be really helpful. So naps are, it, naps are great if you need to catch up on sleep in some way, shape or form. Not necessarily just nap because you're bored, but 30 minute naps. <laughs> yeah, 30 minute naps and 90 minute naps are the, are the two lengths of time that you should really consider. And that's because of the way our sleep cycles work. Anything in between and you might be getting woken up in the middle of your deep sleep cycle or deep sleep stage. and that will actually pull you out and you'll be more groggy than you were when you went into the nap. Mm. And so letting yourself get through an entire sleep cycle or not even enter into full deep sleep are going to be your two best. And then something to consider is that meditation is a really good alternative to napping. And there's a lot of science coming out now saying that meditation is almost more therapeutic and beneficial than sleep is in a lot of ways. Wow. And so from an energy boost standpoint, you can, you can do either. Yeah, awesome. And just try to nap before like three o'clock or four o'clock. Otherwise you run the risk of not being tired enough to go to bed right. that night. Cool. Well, once again, great tips and thanks so much. Everyone go ahead and follow Kelly. And once again, if you got value from this, everyone that you know sleeps and everyone needs to improve their sleep. So go ahead, share this with a friend. If you're not subscribed yet to the show, go ahead and subscribe. We've got new episodes every week coming out. So we'll see you on the next one. Thank you so much, Quentin. It was a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Have a good day over there in Bali. Enjoy. Cheers. So there you go. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Lots of great information dropped there. And let me know, how often do you sleep? Put a comment below. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can always go watch this on YouTube. Subscribe at Quentin Carlin. And hopefully this helps you think about sleep a little differently and how you approach going to bed and prepare for those long nights. I sleep personally, I sleep a lot. I need sleep. I'm not one of those people that can kind of just like get by on five or six hours. I need like eight, <laughs> preferably nine. I, uh, I've always been a big sleeper and uh, that's why I wanted to have this uh, topic because it's such an important topic. So uh, as always, I offer a free one-on-one -on -one coaching call. If you'd like to take advantage of that, send me an email at quintincarlin at gmail.com or just send me a message on social media and subscribe, share. See you guys on the next episode. This is kind of continuing on with the Bali Business Masterminds. It's been fun and it'll continue to be. See you there.